This episode of the OP Radio Podcast, sponsored by Manscaped.com. Use promo code OP for 20% off. On your balls! Oh, here's Ignatius again. You mentioned unforgivable things and did after he got fired. You don't want to talk about those things. What were such things? I'll, I'll tell you eventually. I don't feel like uh, talking about that shit tonight. Because one comment, and then Jimmy calls up Anthony. I got to come over to compound me, and we got to beat him up for an hour. He said something about us. I'm on my way over now. Fuck, did those guys get triggered. It's a dumb, dumb, quick video from the beach where I made fun of myself. Those guys and what the show sounded like at the end. Next thing you know, Jimmy's calling Anthony. You hear this shit? I'm on my way over. And let's beat him up for an hour and a half. <sighs> I didn't burn any. I didn't burn all my bridges. I burned some. I absolutely burned some. Most bridges I burned, I do not regret. Still got plenty of people that so- support me and like me and want to do my shit. I don't want to do a show with Anthony. He can be willing all he wants. I'm doing my own thing. I don't even think about this stuff until I turn this on. And it's all people that talk about Jesus. Uh, So anyone hear my podcast lately? (laughs) Christ. This is really, really weird. I'm at the Hilton, and I've been going back and forth with Yakov Smirnoff. He used to be fucking famous, very famous comedian, and uh, we used to make fun of him on the Opie and Anthony show, and uh, he wants the podcast, but he told me, he told me to meet him in his room. Oh, he's right <laughs> there. Yakov Smirnoff in the hallway. What's going on, buddy? All right. Nice to see you guys. I just told my buddy here that I thought it was weird that you wanted to do a podcast in your hotel room. Uh, well, uh, it depends what you guys into. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all, we're, we're wide open. Pleasure to meet you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. glad you're here. Absolutely. Where do you want to, where do, you want to do this uh, there, Yako? On the couch, probably. Yeah, that's better than the bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's either the couch or the bed. I would, yeah, I'm going to go yeah. with couch, I think. Yeah, there's a jacuzzi in there. Too, so. <laughs> we could do it in the jacuzzi. Yes. 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 That's uh, All right. a backup plan. <laughs> I'm taking my coat off. This is Mike, by the way. He's my producer. Hi. Pleasure, my friend. How are you? Nice to, nice meet, to meet you. you. All right, I, I've been uh, podcasting for, I don't know, a year and a half, and I got to say, this is probably the weirdest setting for a podcast. And I'll tell you why, Yakov Shmirnov. I, I've done podcasts from uh, the ocean while whale watching. I recently did a podcast with a red-tailed hawk, and we we're hunting for rabbits. I uh, I did it from a float tank. Uh-huh. Um, where else did I do it, Mikey? I'm trying to remember all the, all the locations. Jackie Martin's house. Uh, Jackie Martin's house, and uh, you know Yakov Shmirnov invites me to his hotel room to podcast, and that's the only reason why I brought Mike. I'm not going to lie because I, 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 I barely know you. And so I, it's a it's a threesome. Is that <laughs> yeah, what you're well, saying? It's a threesome. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I I invited my producer Mike because I'm like Mike. I, I mean, if I knew you a little better, yeah, then, I, yeah, then yeah. Like, I would meet you in a hotel room. Who cares? Yeah. Even my wife's like, wow, that's a little weird. <laughs> and she's used to the weird shit with me, Yakov. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and well, here we are. But we're, we're in your hotel room with what? What, what? what do you got? Hummus for me? I mean, I have hummus. No, it's not hummus. Tuna salad. And uh, Tuna salad. Yes. He goes, you she, want some of my tuna salad? Yes. And uh, and what's that? Organic. Yeah. Um, Hip. Hip peas, yeah. <laughs> bohemian, yeah. bohemian yeah. barbecue. Okay, wow. But but yeah, you know I, what? I spare no expense. I you, see that. All right. Came, I have water for you too. Oh, that would be very yeah. very nice, yeah. Mike. This is weird, right? So weird, yeah. Okay. And then he's like, "You could either oh, thanks for the water." Okay. He goes, "We could either podcast on the couch or the bed." <laughs> 
I'm thinking we should jump in bed and do a podcast. Why not? I offered the jacuzzi in the bathroom too. So, yeah. but I feel like yeah. you uh, did. You just get to this hotel room because I, I don't really see a mess in here. I prepared for you guys. I uh, it was messy earlier this morning. Oh, okay. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then the maid came in and yeah. All right. Yeah, but did, it was very strategic. You did, were supposed to be here. I said I gotta clean the room. That's what my mom. Yeah. Told me when I was little. Yes, yeah. we, we, uh, that that's a jumping off point because I know how you were uh, you were raised. I was. How about that? I was raised. He lived in a in a one bedroom with nine yeah. other families, twenty total people in one room. A little bit of adjustment. It's one apartment. Okay. And the apartment was built uh, in eighteen hundreds for one family. Yeah. But we had nine families living in one apartment. Okay. And so each each family had a room. Oh, we okay. had our own room. Oh, that's nice. But we had to share the bathroom and the kitchen. So where did you sleep in this situation? I had a cow. I, I uh, they had a bed. My yeah. parents. I had a couch. Yeah. And then, uh, as I was getting older, it was kind of weird because I hear the the, the noises. Yeah. The and, sex noises. Well, and <laughs> so. So I I didn't know exactly what they were, but then little by little I I made that picture in my head. And you also wanted to ha to you know make some noises uh, yourself there. I would assume. Eventually, yeah. I was twenty six when we when we came to the United States. Really? So we lived in that room for twenty six years of my life. Yeah. Are you an uh, an only child? I'm the only child. I tell a joke in my show that. When my parents wanted to make love, they would send me to look out the window. Yeah. And then my dad would say, so what do you see in the window? I said, our neighbor's making love. And he said, how can you tell? I said, because their son is looking at me. <laughs> so I was the only child because we had only one window. Yeah, yeah. very, very good. Um, and that was in the former Soviet Union, kind of Ukraine, right? Yes, yeah. It was Soviet Union at that time. It wasn't former at that moment. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, now former it is. Soviet yeah. Union. Yeah. And uh, and somehow you got into this is what I, I'm amazed as far as your life goes. So you're in that situation, and and you go into comedy. Yeah. It's not easy to go into comedy in the Soviet Union. It wasn't no because. Uh, the, most Americans don't picture even the Russian comedian those days. And, yeah. uh, it sounds like oxymoron. It sounds like yeah. Amish electrician or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. it's exactly. Just, and so I, uh, but I was a funny kid and I wasn't very athletic uh, or I wasn't like book smart. So I had to find some kind of a niche for myself and uh, people uh, flock towards me because I was funny. Yeah. So little by little, it became like, well, and now they're offering me money to do this. So I started doing it professionally and worked on the cruise ships yeah. on the Black Sea. And um, that's where I kind of got to know some American tourists who were very much happier than anybody I've ever met. Yeah. And so that spark in their eye uh, of that freedom and that feeling of relaxation and, and confidence. I wanted that. I wanted it for me. I wanted it for my ch future children. So that was my, um, I came home one day and I said to my parents, I think we need to get out of here. And, and the decision was like, you know, how do you decide to do something like that? Because very, very challenging. Uh, because the Soviet government didn't want people to leave. That yeah. doesn't look good for them. Of course. Um, they, they fire you from work. Uh, then you don't have money to live on. So most people watching this going, oh, we're not trying this. Yeah. But my dad was an inventor, and he was able to, he made a little bit of money that the communists gave him, and that gave us a cushion to be able to get out. What kind of inventions? He found, he uh, created the device that um, test the integrity of concrete. No kidding. Yeah, and and I didn't know concrete had integrity <laughs> until then. And so they uh, they gave him enough money to buy three airline tickets to go to America. So that's how we got wow. out. Wow. When you started out in comedy in uh, the former, well, the, the Soviet yeah. Union, I should say that because that's what it was. Um, there, were there comedy clubs before you hit the cruise ships? <laughs> they weren't similar to American comedy clubs. 
they were like professional um, steel workers had their club and uh, um, people, teachers had their club and I would go to that club and that's where I would kind of kind of, uh, to figure out what's funny, what's not funny. Yeah. And there was a group of people, we did sketches and things like that. So little by little became obvious to me, even though I went to a military uh, and after that went to university because my parents didn't think comedy is even an option. Yeah. So uh, I, I got uh, the bachelor degree as a teacher of art and started teaching art. And but meantime, I was going and doing gigs and they were paying me now. And now my parents were like going, hmm, you're going to make more money from this than from that. And that was the encouragement. And then it, it led to the, the cruise ships. Yeah. The one thing about comedy in the Soviet Union, uh, didn't you have to run your jokes by the government? Yeah. Not just run by them. Uh, they you would tell you what was yeah, funny and what you was not. submit each state or each republic had their minister of culture and they had the department of jokes yeah in each division so you submit that and they uh tell you this is not funny this is not gonna work this is not and then they give you a stamp ad and that's your license to perform wow. in theaters or other places and you have to stay with that script so you submit that to the manager as you coming in, say, this is what I'm going to say. Wow. And they can report to you if you veer off But that's script. where the, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but that's where some of the best comedy comes from when you do veer off script, you know, and do a little improv and go in with the moment in, in, in the room. Yeah, but that wasn't No allowed. good there, obviously. No, and no. you guys weren't allowed to make fun of uh, the government, politics, no. sex. Religion. Religion. Everything else was so fun. That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> Do, who did you uh, look up to uh, when you were growing up? As there far as were went? there were a couple of comedians who were well known. You wouldn't know them. Uh, we didn't know about American comedians at all. The, Charlie Chaplin made it pretty big there with the silent movies, and so we. But that was yeah. all the sample that we had of American comedy. So I really did not know if I was going to able to do comedy in America. I didn't speak English. I didn't know anything about this country, but I had a desire to make people laugh. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Thank Cause, you. Because when you came to America, you still didn't know much. Did not. Much uh, much English. So, so uh, take me through the trip. So now you're on the cruise ships, and then how do you make it to uh, America at that well, point? Well, then the cruise ship was the information that I needed to get. And the information was uh, when There's you ask. way. Yeah, when, when you ask, should I leave or not? Because, and there were a few people who spoke Russian uh, from America, and they say, we well, just ask yourself this question. Do people try to get into that country or get out of it? Yeah. And that was like a big light bulb going, I want to get out. And so then it took a while for mom was, dad was ready to go. Mom was uh, very scared. She didn't think I'll learn the language. She knew my abilities. And so she was like, oh, this kid is not going to make it there. Yeah. He'll be on the short bus somewhere, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> but dad so, was like, let's do this. Yes, yes. Dad had total confidence. And uh, and that's uh, that's why we came. Well, it, it must have been tough too for your mom. I would I would expect that you know you're leaving family and friends behind. Oh, big and time! And you're not coming back anytime that's, soon, no. especially if it's the Soviet Union. They never went. You know, they, they never, never went, went back. back. I mean, the, they would not allow you. Once you leave the Soviet Union, they take away your citizenship. You have to pay to lose your citizenship. And then you're basically never invited back. You're, like you never you're, existed. You're a traitor. And the process took two years to get out. So all our friends, all the uh, people who used to work with, uh, they turn away. They would cross the street when they see us coming. And that's how they condition everyone else to stay. To stay. Did they ever keep in touch with family? It wasn't easy. And also there was no... Uh, Viber or or Skype or anything like that. So you would have maybe a conversation like once in 
three months with some and yeah. sent letters for still okay. Yeah. But we were not allowed to take out even the addresses of people that we, you know, so I have, it's framed in my uh, apartment in Malibu. I have a, a, a handkerchief that I hand wrote the addresses and then sew it into the lining wow. of my coat yeah so i could at least have a phone number or otherwise they would not let you take anything written by hand uh, out of the country that is amazing yeah so then you get to america and then how did you pop onto the comedy scene like you did you left in uh, i think 1977 right i came here in 1977 yes and then uh, you became a star pretty only a few years after that, right? Uh, well, yeah. I, I did the movie Moscow on the Hudson with Robin Williams in 81. And prior to that, I did Night Court. So, yeah, I I was very lucky. I went to Hollywood because I was heard about it, but I lived in New York at that time. The lady who I worked for was a company named Greeting Bells, and uh, they were just, I was a shipping manager for them. They employed a lot of Russian. My parents worked, it's kind of a take work to home and then glue some uh, things together and then they would sell yeah. them and ship them around the country. So when the season was over, Christmas was over, uh, the lady who was um, uh, the owner and she said, I can't really afford you. Uh, maybe you can take a vacation. Uh, and uh, I know somebody in Hollywood that you can meet and they'll meet with you and maybe that will open doors for you. So, um, and the person who I was supposed to meet was um, Ted Bergman. Um, he was executive producer of Tree's Company, wow. which was huge at that of time, course, right? Yeah. And John so, Ritter. Right. Yeah. And so he... Uh, Suzanne Summers. Uh-huh. I was supposed to I was supposed to showcase for him, so I kept looking where can I showcase. So I went to improv, and then I went to the comedy store, and they gave me like seven thirty or eight o'clock. But the Ted Bergman left a message saying that he couldn't make it because he had some, and so I was really disappointed because I had a plan. Here's was my plan: I t I bought a ticket from New York to L.A. I gave myself ten days to become a star. <laughs> Days. Well, yeah, because I heard that, that ten days. No, but I heard that people do it overnight. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. So right. You give yourself so ten days. I I put the cushion in there yeah. big time, and so I figured that I will make it and and then come to New York and buy an, uh, an apartment on Fifth Avenue for my parents. Yeah. That was the plan. It, all in ten days. Ten days. <laughs> well, God, God created. <laughs> <laughs> the whole world in seven, right? And rested one day. That's true. So anyway, uh, depending so, on what you believe, yeah, yeah. So then, so then I, um, I come and and there is nothing, and he's not coming. So I was, I did my set. It was five minutes or so, and I'm walking away. It's day four, and nothing. I mean, I got nothing. Yeah. I walk away, and and then uh, the secretary who was Mitzi's secretary, Mitzi Shore, who was the owner of the comedy store. And she runs after me and she goes, congratulations, Mitzi liked you. Wow. And I go, who, who is Mitzi? Yeah. And she said, oh, she's the owner of the comedy store. Go sit, talk to her. And she said, there is always place for good and different. You should stay here. And she said, come back tomorrow and see a regular show. And then tell talk to me. So I went, and the first person on stage it was Monday night was Robin Williams. Second, he just hit number one on, with Mork and Mindy. Yeah. Second thing was David Letterman. Oh my Second, God. Second, uh, third person was Jay Leno. Oh my then God. Then followed by Billy Crystal and Richard Pryor closed the show. That that's just a show at the Comedy Store right. back in the day. Yeah. And so I'm sitting in the back there. I'm going. Fuck I'm this. <laughs> no, I'm I'm ahead of schedule. I it's day number oh, I five. I got I made it. Yeah. I already know what where I need to be. Yeah. So I stayed. I never took that ticket. I never went back. That to, is a New York. great story. Yeah. So when you first came to America, how did you learn English? When I was in the cruise ships, uh, people who were in the room were bartenders. 
they were across the, the way from where I was performing. So yeah. we had the same audience. And I thought, maybe I need to become a bartender. So I go uh, scrape some money. Uh, my parents and I, we, we had a little bit, tiny little bit of money. And because we brought condoms from Soviet Union. Yeah. And it was kind of a cute story because <laughs> yeah. we heard that in Italy, because we waited in Italy for uh, American um, uh, government to do a background check. So we needed some, some money, but the Soviet government only allowed us to take $100 a person. Wow. That's it. Yeah. And, and we knew we were going to stay there for three or six months. One item we heard was expensive in Italy, but cheap in the Soviet Union, it was condoms. So we're talking about like a penny yeah. for a condom there and a dollar oh, for a condom. So, so we bought as many condoms as we could buy, put them all in one suitcase, my mother's, and we got there and we get, went every Saturday and Sunday, we would go on the open market in Rome. We would set that suitcase on the ground open it, and the condom store was erected every time. <laughs> so, and, and so we made, the, it was helping us. Condoms supposed to like prevent your life to, for, for sure. happening. In our case, it saved our life. No kidding. So we get here. I, I'm relieved by your, your condom story, by the way. I was thinking you were going to use the condoms for something else to maybe smuggle some, some stuff into uh, the country. You know, you put a little something, something in the condom, the condom, and then you kind of in the, okay. Our brains don't work the same, so which uh, is up good. The butt! Yeah. <laughs> prison. Think prison. I'm thinking you see, condoms. Smuggling. Yeah, smuggling, using the condoms. So we got, <laughs> we got to New York. And I decided to become. I wasn't a, trying to be shocking. I was trying to be I, more like I you know. I got it, I'm and a, I'm going. You're veering. Just keep going. Okay, keep yeah. going. Yeah, and so, so I go to a bartending school on Fifth Avenue. Uh, it was two hundred dollars to become a mixologist. Mm -hmm. I but I my English was so bad that I couldn't remember or, or understand what they were teaching me. Yeah. So I. Uh, I would bring a big, I had a tape recorder, big old tape recorder, and I would record the lessons. And then I found a girlfriend, American girl, who was living not far from there. And so I would go to her apartment and she would help me translate, we would mix some drinks. It was it was a good life, you know, right. in America. So, wow. Yeah. And that's so, and being a bartender, you learned uh, being bartender the language, got a, right? A job at Grossinger's Hotel sure. in the Catskills, and uh, people would see my ta name tag Yakov, and they would say, "Where are you from?" And I would say, "From from the Soviet Union." They would say, "Well, tell us about your life." So all of a sudden, I had audience, maybe two people, one person, whatever. Yeah. But it was my audience, and and if they laughed, they left me more tips. Right. So I knew which joke was funnier based on the tips. Wow, yeah, the power of laughter. That's right. And then you're trying out material, and I'm sure you're writing it down, and you're developing an act. Little by little, and that's when I went to the comedy store, and then that was a game changer after that. You so know. when you did well at the comedy store, how much English would you say you really oh, knew? I mean, you know, I could communicate. I, I was only in America six months, and I'm pretty determined when i get yeah a need i go i gotta do this yeah and so i would spend i mean and when i got a girlfriend and i would just i was relentless you know i knew that if i could get an american girlfriend my english will improve sure and my sex life will improve <laughs> yeah. right yes. so 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 i kept asking people literally it's like do you have a girlfriend for me yeah do you have a girlfriend for me and one time this guy said you know what i might introduced us and we were together for like six to eight months i don't remember it now but she was very helpful so so you're on stage uh telling your jokes in english and then you get off stage and someone wants to have a conversation with you like yakov that was really funny and you pretty much don't know what they're saying more or less more or less i mean listen after a while you understand the body language you understand you you make the conversation yeah. i find that fascinating and then your career was 
you were one of the biggest comics in, in the entire country. Yeah. Because that whole Russian uh, thing was really hot, obviously. It was. And and that's why, uh, well, maybe you should explain that. That's why it really took off because Americans, yeah, we, we had our issues with, uh, with Russia. Yes. And here you are kind of taking the piss out of the whole thing. Well, yes. And, and I think, you know, if today... I was an Iranian comedian. Yes. I would be very well received because I would be disarming yes. this tense situation. And, and uh, Russia was so much worse yeah. because you had it since the 50s, yes. uh, hiding under desks and, you know, all of that, like that would help you from nuclear attack. Sure. But that's, that's and, they, and they would tell us, if there's a nuclear attack, put the sheet over yourself and crawl slowly to near a cemetery. That's what, <laughs> that was their strategy. So we were on the same level there. So all of that tension built, and then I get, you know, I walk into this, and I'm needed here. Yeah. So when I got on big screen, they, they were just grabbing me from Mark Griffin's show to, to Tonight's show to guest star appearances. I was like, and I thought, Hey, I'm just that talented. Yeah. No. I, yeah. You were really funny on top of it, but I, I know where you're leading with this. I just wanted to fill in one one of the blanks. Obviously, yeah, we were scared of Russia. Yeah. And and you like just kind of made, I met the made need. light of it. I and, made and met the, the need. need. Yeah. And the funny thing is how you talked about, you know, when they were threatening to blow up America with nuclear bombs and stuff. You know, the advice was to just crawl under your desk and everything will yeah. be fine. Yeah. Which exactly. I always found ridiculous. Yeah. So um, at that point, you were making stupid money. Yes, I was. Money were great, so everything was hunky dory. I I was living American dream. Yeah, and then <laughs> this is no, because this is what's fascinating. No, this is fascinating to me though, because all of a sudden everyone went, "Whatever happened to Yakov Smirnov?" All of a sudden he was just gone. Gone. And what happened was was the collapse of the Soviet Union. Correct. And then for whatever reason, because I think you're funny no matter what, no. whatever reason, uh, the material didn't work as well anymore. It wasn't the material. It was a what? perception. The perception. Yeah, it was a perception. David Letterman had a top 10 list of things that will now change that the Soviet Union collapsed. Yeah. I made number one on the yes. list. Yakov Smirno will be out of work. <laughs> yeah. And at first, I thought that was funny. Of course. Yeah. It wasn't six months later. No. I couldn't pay the mortgage on the, ha on the, on the house we were living in, two little kids. I mean, it was scary. And, uh, you know, I, I start looking for a place where they did not know that the Soviet Union collapsed. Yeah. I ended up in Branson, Missouri. Well, that's where... They still don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not telling. <laughs> That's where we connect because then yeah. we, we saw a commercial for your show in uh, Branson, Missouri. And did you did that make your radar? Me and Anthony making fun of that whole thing? No, Branson is off the radar, so there is no. Oh, good. There is don't, really, yeah. All right, don't look it up I, on I YouTube. I heard, yeah. We made fun of the, you know, the the linen napkins it's and okay. the magnetic trays. And I I only wish the tornado had a direct hit on Yakov's dinner theater for his dinner adventure. They, he was fucking plugging the magnets that hold the metal trays to your lap. That's right. It's crazy. Well, you don't want them to fall. The armrest, because you're sitting in theater seating, which is like a movie theater. It's set up like a fucking movie theater so they could cram as many seats in as possible. But they give you a tray... And it's like, how do you use the tray? You can't put it on your lap, and then you you click it on with magnets onto the armrest. But that's wow, a, that's better than Vegas and Paris. But a lot of people are on the fence; they're not sure. And the magnet <laughs> thing is selling it finally. That's the magnets. But they're like, great. oh, they got the magnets. Of course, we got to go to this show. Patented magnet, patent pending. Here's why he put that <laughs> the fuck that in the ad because he didn't advertise it like that probably at one point. And people yeah. were going going. God damn, I'm sitting in a goddamn theater seat, and my goddamn wife knocked my dinner on my lap. I want my money back. God damn it. You know how mad people probably got? We really need to brainstorm this one. Uh, Yakov, we've thought of magnets.
on the trays. Brilliant. Do it. But that's why he advertised <laughs> it, because now they can't complain. Yeah, no, it's in the fit. ad. When you watch the video, yeah. it says that. Yes. Your Yakov is creepy good, by the way. Ah, Yakov. Really you just have to sound like, have a smile on your face. For dinner, not only our performers will be dancing, but your taste buds will too. The food was wonderful. But your stomach will be dancing too <laughs> right before you vomit on the magnet tray. <laughs> this is a fantastic meal prepared for you by my personal chef. You get beef brisket, a chicken breast fillet, creamy mashed potatoes, vegetable medley, a sweet corn muffin, wow. and a delicious soup. This mouth-watering meal served to you on a golden platter with linen napkins, real silverware, and a fake candle. <laughs> oh, God damn! He's killing he's, with that line. He's the worst! Let's get to the magnets, though. Yeah, I gotta see the magnets. The big guest. We have a little secret. There are four very strong magnets embedded in each table. It prevents sliding and slipping. The only way to, to really say it in words is that... <laughs> she loves the magnets. That's... Everyone loves the magnets. What restaurant have you ever seen promote <laughs> the fact that the food won't fall off the table? <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty much what's being promoted there. Opie Radio. So the career uh, goes south. And well, it, it was south for about a year. See, I now with psychology degree can analyze what happened. I was like the aspirin from a headache of the Soviet Union. And sense. once the headache is over, why do you need an aspirin? Don't need the aspirin You anymore. put it in the top shelf of your medicine right. cabinet, you don't take it. Right. Then when I got to Branson, for them, they had their own need. Their need was wholesome, uh, patriotic, family-orientated comedy. Yeah. And I met that need. So even though it was not an easy start, uh, because even uh, because Branson books like a year in advance, yeah, uh, buses and and groups and whatever, and I didn't have anything. I just landed there, rented the theater, start performing. First show, I had seventeen people in the show. Wow! Yeah, and I went like two little kids. Uh, my wife and I, we burned the money because we were trying to kind of make it work. Yeah. And, and so I was like, how am I going to make this work? Yeah. But Albo Grease, you know, you, you just put energy into making friends uh, and they see your show and they like it. And they and so little by little the business started growing. You know, I bought my own theater. I mean, I two thousand seats. So I entertained over five five million people in Branson. That's amazing. And over the years, yeah, you were there. I think twenty years. Twenty years, yeah. And so the the reason you saw those commercials, yeah, <laughs> uh, is because I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. It's okay. <laughs> we gave you a good. It's beat. okay. Believe me, believe sure. me, sure. I totally am comfortable with that. Because, but we, but, but because we made it funny. I, I, and it I funny. make it funny too because okay, the good. point is, the point is I, what I was trying to do, I was trying to exit Branson. Yeah. So I was trying to replace, there was there's a business there, and most people never heard of it, but it's called um, Dixie Stampede, and it's a dinner attraction. Yeah. And they don't have linen napkins. <laughs> okay. And they don't have magnetic trays. So I thought that if I create this new attraction, sure. and they do like three shows a day, a thousand people a pop. And it's like, we'll be right in that thing. Two years of this. It didn't and, work? No, it didn't work. No. So you, so you wanted your own magnetic tray company? No, I just created this concept, which I think is brilliant, to be able to have full-size dinner yeah. and your seed yeah. and serve to you in like 10 minutes. Yeah, without the food spilling all over the yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. so I, I know, I, I know. But, but you know, this situation is like you get a lemon, you make lemonade. Yeah. And so for me, I realized that I got my master's degree in psychology 
and I wanted to take, and, and Branson have been my laboratory of laughter. It gave me an amazing opportunity to test what's funny, what's not funny, yeah. because funny is funny across Universal. the board. It doesn't matter, hillbillies or sophisticated New Yorker, same thing. Well, you know that better than anyone, considering your situation, because you come to America, you don't know the language, right. but you understand uh, humor timing, and the laugh and right. the timing and yeah. the reaction reaction of the person when they're hearing a joke exactly. and all that. And, exactly. and you you uh, took that and ran with it. Really right. really fast before you move into the psychology yeah. thing and stuff, you performed for uh, four presidents, right? I have. And can you tell the uh, the joke that Reagan told you? <laughs> The, the joke that he told me was um, uh, from, uh, I, I, I'm doing this because are, are I have a meeting. You? Are we no, boring you're you? not boring me. You, you, you just have, to have a meeting right at now. four. What, do you want to tweet? What do you want to do? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm expecting a, uh, somebody coming here at 4.30, so that's why. Okay. Do, you, yeah. do you need us out of here by 4.30 so, yeah. you, so you can get the chicken suit on? <laughs> no, 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 no chicken suit. Okay. But I, I uh, have a friend in um, in Brooklyn who is not doing so well. Oh, I'm and sorry I wanna, to hear that. I was I trying to have fun, and now visit. it's awkward yeah. for everybody. No, it's all, it's all okay. on you now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now it's awkward. I was yeah. going for a little fun, and now I'm sorry to hear that for real. No, that's fine. Okay. And so I, that's why I turned on the phone, because he's going to, um, the gentleman's going to come yeah. here. Anyway. So, um, where were we? Uh, uh, Reagan telling Reagan, the joke yes. at a private so function what happened? Meeting. So what happened, I get a phone call from the White House, and, and they said, we'd like you to come to Washington to perform in front of the bushes. And I'm going, this would get me arrested. And they... Wait, why, why would you think that? Because it's funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're the first one Oops. who didn't get it, but that's okay. Let me do it again. I, I still feel. Let I me still do this feel again. Bad about your friend. Oh, that's I'm what it was. You're stuck there. Okay, so I get a phone call from the White House. They take two. Oh, okay, take, take two. two. Take right. two. Uh, and they said, "We'd like you to come to Washington per to perform in front of the bushes." Yeah. You still don't uh, get no, it. No, I get it. You now. get it now. Okay, yes, good. Yes. And You're performing so, in front of actual bushes that are outside. Yeah, shrubbery. misunderstanding. It's a shrubbery joke. Okay. Yeah, it's a misunderstanding oh my joke. God. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> what was happening, George Bush Sr. was a vice president for President Reagan. So they said, no, we needed to come here to perform in front of President Reagan's cabinet. And I said, well, that's better than the Bushes. <laughs> yes, it is. So I go there, See, I'm laughing. and they introduce me to the president, and- uh, and they said, uh, Mr. President, this is Yakov Smirnov. He's a Russian comedian. And President Reagan smiled and he said, well, have you heard this joke? And he proceeds to say, he used to collect Russian jokes. Collect them? Collect them. I, uh, that's how we got along so well. I wish he would have told the American public, then we wouldn't have been as scared uh, with Russia, because now we know our president is just having fun collecting Russian jokes. But it was helpful to him. Yeah. I mean, w this was a big deal yeah. because uh, he knew the power of laughter. Yeah, He knew that. And so he tells me this joke that, um, that this guy wants to buy a car, and it takes forever to get a car in the Soviet Union. So he goes to a factory and, and uh uh, said like the car and they said we'll come back in 20 years pick up the car and yeah. the guy said do I come back in the morning or in the afternoon and the manager said what's the difference 20 years from now yeah. the guy said the plumber is scheduled to come <laughs> that morning so I crack up I mean it's and a great joke yeah oh and he was really good in delivery too yeah. yeah so now there's only 18 people at that dinner and and they're all pretty you know big shots and stuff in the cabinet uh, and so and they're laughing and they're now looking at me now it's my turn to entertain the president and i'm going oh shit, this is so i said mr president you know when americans landed in the moon that was a big slap in the face to the soviet government so brezhnev called all the cosmonauts into his office and said americans landed in the moon we have to land on the sun <laughs> and they said, Comrade Brescia, we can't do that. We will burn up. He said, do you think I'm stupid? You land at night. <laughs> Boy, was I happy when they laughed. And for the whole evening, we kept telling jokes to one another, back and forth. You and Reagan. Uh, me and Reagan. Just that is sitting. amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was a very intense night also because 
that's the night that he sent um, helicopters to Libya to scare Gaddafi. So behind the president was a Marine standing there with a football, which is a football is a briefcase that has all the codes for nuclear attack. You actually saw that suitcase? Yes. Is it, I was sitting, is it very intimidating? And is it and well? Is, when you know what's is inside, is it handcuffed yes, to the guy? Yes, really. Yes, behind. Uh, so and he's right behind the president. So I'm looking at him, and behind him is the marine who is not allowed to smile. Yeah, and I'm going. This is going to be a rough gig. <laughs> no kidding. You know? <laughs> and and um, but the president was laughing. Everybody was laughing, and so but yeah, there was. When you think about this, you know, if I bomb, that's one thing. Yeah. If he bombs, <laughs> it's another, that's a different, I, I get, different see, I, story. I got that you one. You got that one. I got, yeah. I, you were stuck on my friends. I understood the yeah. Bush thing, but I was like, man, I think yeah, maybe yeah, I yeah. took it too far. Or you <laughs> off. I already made fun of the trays and, and the, no, ma- no. the trays. Believe and, me, I'll make fun of those trays with you all, all right, day good. long. So. Uh, was that your greatest moment in comedy performing for Reagan like that, or was or is there another moment that really stands up? Uh, stands I think out? Carson, first Carson oh Tonight Show was, sure. uh, and especially when he waved me over sure. after the set, and and I sat down and I said, um, Johnny, you know, you have things we do- didn't have in Russia, like policemen have warning shots. <laughs> yeah. And he almost fell off the yeah. chair. And that, I knew that that was my moment. And back then, when you went on Carson, you truly was an overnight success. Well, I was day, already... everything changes. No, you already... I was already fame, doing You're well. Right. You're right. Because I'll tell you why. I, I tried to get on the Tonight Show for six years. And Jim McCauley was the uh, gatekeeper. He was the producer of comedy. And he would come to the comedy store, watch me perform... Every year he would say, nah, Johnny's not going to like you. Nah, yeah. nah. And then last time he came, he said, look, let's just save each other time. I will, you will get on that show when the hell freezes over. <laughs> so I go home and start watching Weather Channel <laughs> just in case, right? So I kind of gave up on this. Yeah. And then I'm doing gigs and I'm, you know, I'm performing. I'm doing pretty good. And I get a call from Mitzi. I'm in North Carolina doing a club. And she left a message, please call. So I call her and she goes, guess who called? That Jim McCauley. He said, Carson Soyon Miller Light commercial. He likes you. So he wants you to begin, do the wow. show right away. And I wanted to tell him to shove it up his ass, but I figured it might be a good thing for you to do. Just ca- that's pretty yeah. casual. Yeah. <laughs> but she she stuck up for her people. She, yeah. What yeah, I know about Mitzi Shore, who she did, she who, knew who ran the comedy store yeah. and ran comedy basically. Yes, Let's, he did. She you did. know, everyone respected uh, yeah. Paulie Shore's mom. Uh, yeah. Wow, that is that is. I a was. Great uh, story. I, I yeah, I was one of the pallbearers at, at her funeral not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. that was about a year ago. Yeah, maybe a little about more. A year, yeah. Um, wow. Uh, now you threw me off. No. So, uh, so then, so then, uh, at, in Branson, you you start studying um, studying laughter and studying the psychology of humor. Yeah, it was it was an interesting realization of what laughter represents, and it started because I went through, I was I was going for separation and divorce. Through that time, I started looking around, not just me but others who were going for similar things. And I noticed that there was no laughter after a certain point. And I realized, so I started asking the audience, how many of you remember laughter being part of that honeymoon stage of the relationship? Yeah. And they were all applaud. And they, I would say, how many of you would go on the second date if you didn't have laughter on the first date? Silence. Of course. La- laughter and humor is right? very so that's So that gave me... The psychological insight going wow so we're using laughter to to pick our most important part in, in life we wouldn't continue this conversation if there were so it was like a big aha moment and then i would ask them 
how many of you would want to have more laughter in your relationships right now? Yeah. And they would all applaud. So I'm going, I learned the hard way. Laughter is the first thing to, to when, that you experience. Second thing is intimacy. Third thing, you get married, live together. When things don't work, laughter is the first thing to go. Mm-hmm. Second thing is intimacy. Third is your house. <laughs> In that order. See, I only missed one joke, Yakov. I know, I one know. One joke. I'm, and I'm you, batting pretty well. And, and by the way, yeah. you have the capacity to cut that out. Uh, nope. No, you're you're letting I'm your letting it let in. it all hang out. Because right? I, I look like the idiot. <laughs> I know. That's no. why I'm giving you a raft. Nope. Here, you can save yourself. Nope. No editing for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but you got uh, uh, degrees in psychology. You went back to school. I got my you're, doctorate degree. You're constantly now. moving forward. That's yes. what I like about you. A lot of yeah. people like they have a career, and then maybe that part of their life uh, either falls a bit short or it's totally over yes. and that's the end of the, their lives basically yes. and you at every turn figured out the next thing you started you you, you bought your own theater in Branson, yes. missouri and made a life for yourself out there yeah. and then you got your degree in um psychology yeah and i'm like for example you'll make fun of it probably as well but that's okay <laughs> because like now I'm looking ahead, yeah. and I, I really want to change this uh, situation in, in uh, Branson because I like going to Branson, but I don't want to be committed to it yeah. uh, on a full-time basis because I believe there's a lot more stuff that I need to be doing. So I came out with a new project. It's called Yakov Towers. You can make fun of it all Why you want. Why am I making fun of the fact well, because, that you're building a tower? Yeah. It's, that looks like a Trump property. That's There you go. You see, right, I knew. It looks yeah, like a Trump yeah. property. And so He's, this is on the land of, that I own in Branson, Missouri, where my theater is. So you were buying land out there as you were Well, I just bought the theater. It just, it, it bought a theater. Why came would I make with, fun of that? Well, because you made fun of my, but you made fun of my magnets. That was, that that, that was brilliant. That was as brilliant as this, you know? Okay. And so, so this is going to be a project that is now in the works and. Have they started building? Not yet, but we got all the permits. This is 240, uh, but it's a retirement community. You see? My audience is older. Yeah. And so I'm going, well, I've been there 25 years. Yeah. Why wouldn't they want to, uh, they trust my brand. Right. They trust that it will be on the level. Right. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm thinking ahead. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they they died laughing with you. They might as well. Yeah, why not? Die. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, it's right next to a hospital, right? Yeah, you got it. I'm playing. Look, I'm strategic. I'm okay. very strategic. I, it starts with independent living, yes. then assisted living, then yes. there's a hospital right next door. We don't have a graveyard plant on the property. Not yet. N- well, no, we don't want them to die. We want I them understand. to pay rent, there, right? There is a market for this for real. I know we're trying to have a little fun, yes. but my mom's in one of these joints. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my uh, my wife's grandma just went into one of these joints, and there's not a lot of not good a lot places. of good product. Thank yeah. God, my mom's in a decent place, and my uh, my wife's uh, grandma's in a decent place. Mm-hmm. But for the most part. It's not good. No, no. Because they want they want to still live and right. and have activities right. and feel right. like you know yeah. So there's you, action, right? Because so cause what they I'm, have a lot of sex still. I heard. Oh, but, uh, 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 the I heard disease, the STDs yeah. are out of control through the through the roof. But if you're that age, who cares? Right. They don't. <laughs> go, what, what, if I'm die, eighty, do I want to die from just heart attack or <laughs> right. or or screwing or everything penis. that? <laughs> Come on, right? <laughs> I love that. The, the yeah. first time I read that uh, the STDs yeah. are out of control in yes. some of these homes, I'm like, yes. thank God, Crazy. I wanted to hear yeah. that. Right? Yep. As you yep. get older, you're like, okay, there's hope for me still. <laughs> Uh, you're a good guy. Thank you. And I'll Thank tell you, you. why. Because I was doing a little research on you. And so you bring your parents to America. They leave their lives behind. They're p- pretty much following your lead. Your dad's yes. into it. Your mom, not so much at right. first. You made a great life for them in L.A., right? Yes. You, uh, you bought a building in L.A. at the time when you I had did. money. I and did. your dad was pretty much uh, a guy that ran the building, was fixing stuff. So he had purpose in life. That's, and mom collected rents. So she had purpose yeah, in both life. Of them. Absolutely. No, I, I'm leading yeah. to this. Yeah. So then uh, Yakov's dad dies. 
which is, you know, that's tragic no matter who you are. Right. Your mom is very, very sad. You're yeah. now in Branson, Missouri. She's still in L.A. at this she time? She was in L.A. Okay, yeah. let me... So, he tells mom, come on, you got to go to Branson, Missouri. You need to laugh. You need to be close to me and the grandkids, right? Yes. And so, she goes, and she's there about a year. To stop me when I mess tell up me, the story. Tell me, tell me. So she's there for a year, and, and she's appreciative that Yakov did all this for her and closer to family and that, but she's missing her husband who's in the ground in L.A. Mm -hmm. You know what Yakov does? Digs up his own father and brings him to Branson, Missouri for his mom. Who does that? Yeah, they're, they're, they're now next to each other. Sorry to hear. How yeah. long ago for mom? Mom, what, five, five years ago? Okay. Yeah, right. and and uh, but but, but there is a backstory that could make it lighter. Okay, uh, the backstory oh, is no. okay. yeah. Oh, no. My dad was buried in the cemetery where Marilyn Monroe oh, was and buried. Mom was jealous. Mom didn't want any <laughs> any hanky panky, no STDs. She wanted him next to her, and so that's why I did it. Wait, was she was he really buried close to Marilyn Monroe? Yeah, same they're in cemetery? the same cemetery. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, Hollywood Cemetery. But yeah. how do you get that? Is that an easy thing to do to to uh, uh, you know dig up your dad and bring him to Branson? It's not easy. You, I had to find special people who do the, who specialize, yeah. and the guy who um, that we actually you know my mom wanted this so much that we bought uh, a lot for her and him yeah before she passed okay and so the the manager of the cemetery said i'll do that for you i'll go to la and i will uh, transport him over here isn't that amazing and, yeah and so then you planted did. a tree for mom so then she That's felt right. like she could visit her husband right. and uh have a a, a place of peace yeah. really right yeah yeah is that your friend? That's my friend. Right on time. Hey, Stevie, come on up to uh, 4003. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm. He's. Yeah, I, I was hoping to see you at noon. I that's know, why I messed the whole thing yeah, up. Yeah, that's I, why I had. I more thought you time. were a troll account on Twitter. I didn't even really believe it was really you until maybe really uh, maybe two hours ago. Oh, I thought shit. I was getting set up. That's why I brought Mike. Uh, <laughs> just really? so you know, just, just so in you case. Know, right. Okay. Um, well, but, and there we are <laughs> having <laughs> having a threesome in uh, my hotel room. Right, and now yeah. we got now you got we got your friend Steve. This yeah, is yeah, uh, you go foursome. Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Why not? Well, well, okay, sure. <laughs> Why not? Hey, we're in New York, right? Well, that's a problem. If it was Russia, then I could say it doesn't count. If we were in Russia, then maybe. All right? Whatever happens in New York stays, stays, <laughs> stays in, in New, New York. York. Yeah. You, you visited Chernobyl. I did. Oh, my I did. God. I, I love urban exploring. Uh -huh. I, I haven't done it as much because I got... You know, two little kids and my wife started looking at me like, "All right, enough." Like I climbed up to, in uh, the uh, the spire of the Chrysler Building. Uh -huh, uh -huh. We kind of broke down doors and stuff and and went up tiny little red ladders oh. all the way to the tippy top no of the Chrysler kidding. Building, wow. where the space is not even as wide as your bed. Wow, and wow. There's video of that on my YouTube channel, whatever. And then I went in the tunnels and I've done other things. So I, I love that type of thing. So for me to go to uh, Chernobyl would be a dream come true. It, it, it's, it's scary because of the scary. radiation. And it's scary, but, but it was like, you know, I I went for the tour guide who goes there all the time, and I said, "How is your equipment still working?" He said, "Yes, uh, you know." So, and I meant a Geiger counter. Yeah. So we went uh, there, and we were walking with the Geiger counter. Yeah. And it it was very safe. Um, uh, like if you're on the um, on the uh, uh, asphalt road. But the moment he would veer off to like uh, the, where the grass was, it would go beep, 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 beep. Oh, yeah. I would lose yeah. my yeah. mind. So we had to like walk. Be really careful. Very careful. And I was there for half a day. And it was an amazing experience to, to have that like, and you probably seen Chernobyl on, yeah. on HBO. Yeah, uh, it's. Have you seen no, that? No, I did not. Oh, it was an amazing, amazing uh, uh, recon, re, uh, reconstruction, whatever, yeah. of what was happening there. It was. I did just, hear they had English accents on that. They did. Which, they did. Why? Yeah, that's, that's, because they were cheaper to get. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. What was yeah. the one thing you remember about Chernobyl? 
What was the one thing going that really stands to out, uh, stands out? Going to children's hospital and uh, walking around there, uh, and then um, going to a uh, city hall, which was kind of a, a representation in a way of the whole uh, thing that happened there because it's totally deteriorated. It's totally at the place where, you know, it, which is what Soviet Union went through. Yeah. It was total collapse. Right. The roof is caved in. All Where all these big moments of, of thing were happening, it was now nothing, you wow. know. So it, it was very impactful yeah. to see that that's what the whole country went through, not just Chernobyl. The pictures I saw, what really freaked me out was how it looked like everyone just left everything immediately it had to. so there's like artwork still up yeah. and there's bicycles and but it's 30 years ago right yeah. so so it's it it's no longer whatever was there yeah is like deteriorated there's not yeah. there's no life i mean trees are overgrown everything is you go crazy Amazing. but yeah we when i uh worked in buffalo there's love canal up there in buffalo uh -huh. same type of pro a problem with nuclear waste and the whole neighborhood just had to say goodbye yeah, yeah. and we would drive around there every once in a while when yeah you have a few beers yeah you, know, you want to be adventurous and and i remember that too overgrown sidewalks a bike in a front yeah. yard yeah with these little not the greatest houses that were just obviously people left in the middle of the night and never came back and left everything behind uh, it's yeah, so yeah. creepy yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. but is, you want to put Steve on the the podcast too? I mean, Steve. This is, Steve this is, is that into a party? Yes. He brought Steve. roses. I mean, yes. I, don't know, I don't know what's Steve, going on. Here. We're 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 going. <laughs> huh? We're going to Brooklyn to see my friend who's oh, you're not, not doing the, oh, well. Oh, you're not the sick. No, friend. no, no, no. He's oh, a doc. Oh God. He's a doctor. He's I'm like, a doctor. He look sick. He came no. Healthy with roses. No, no, no. Why is the sick guy bringing he, roses to, to Yakov? I'm so confused. Oh, so he's going with you to... He's going to check, uh, to help out. I'm really yeah. sorry for your friend. I, and, I'm and, so and, uncomfortable and trying to make jokes. And Steve is the best chiropractor ever lived. Bad back. Amazing, amazing, yes. Uh, two herniated discs, L1S1. You'll work on you if you... You want me to jump on the bed? What do we do? <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> and I have a vertical uh, slant. You know the vertical slant, right? I fixed my own back in Disney. Oh, man. He, he would love this. He's awesome. Right, He's I'm awesome. I'm done with you. Give him okay. the money. No, okay. no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so I, I go down to Disney with my young family, with uh, extended family. There's cousins and aunts and uncles. And the second day there, I pull out my back. And when it goes, it's a month where the first five days, I can't even get out of bed. So I have to watch my, my, my wife and my two really young kids go off with everybody else. And I'm stuck in the house we rented. And I go on, on the bed in my bedroom, start crying like a little, you know what? Because I'm like, I just ruined the vacation. I can't even stand. So I know how I fix my back? YouTube. How to fix your back on really? YouTube. And I learned I had a vertical, uh, I'm so excited, a vertical slant. <laughs> and I go, all right, how do you fix a vertical slant? And there's actual videos from guys like you that have YouTube channels. And I started doing the exercises. And by the time everyone came home, this is the short version of the story, I went to Target and went grocery shopping for the entire house. Wow. I wasn't 100%, but I got it to about 75 so I could enjoy the rest of the weekend. Wow. If you want, I'll show you the, the, uh, the vertical glide move that you do to fix the vertical slant. There maybe you, go. you can maybe you can bring that to your patients. You guys can exchange information. Um, what's your thoughts on Trump? What's going on politically in this country, and what can we learn from what you went through with the Soviet Union? Is this the best uh, question to end a podcast, or what? Um, maybe. I mean, I then think I'm going to get on that bed. And Steve's going to jump on my back. I'm going to feel great, and me and Mike are going to take off. <laughs> um. What, well, what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, the, the challenge is that I see it from a place where majority of Americans have not a way to see it. Um, so uh, socialism is not a healthy thing, e whatever form. And e the people who are saying that they just didn't do it right in Soviet Union, in China, in Venezuela... In, I mean, everywhere they tried it, Cuba, uh, Vietnam, all of those places showed 
that it brings disaster. Yeah. Do you agree, though, on paper it, it does? Yes, it does. Yeah, Looks it, great. Only on paper, on though. Paper. And that's where everyone gets so confused. That's correct. Because if you say, what, what do you mean socialism on paper looks that's, good? They want to hang you. But if you really looked into it, it's like, oh, it's not bad. You take care of more of your exactly. people. Exactly. Then there's corruption like any other government that gets into into power and but know, the, but and it gets the, bastardized. What, what's missing, and this is what my new show is all about, it's called United with Laugh. And it's psychology with global leadership mixed with laughter, basically. And that's what I'm doing now. And what I'm trying to explain that this um, this society was able to create something that never existed before. Yeah, it was able to channel greed, right. greed, right, into healthier place that where they create when their greed drives them the only way it's power power uh, political power yeah so they do a hierarchy of people who are on top and then people underneath and and they try to climb to that top in america and in the western world we were able to channel that to something healthier much healthier because american corporations um, give more to charity than all the corporations in the entire world give to right. charity. That didn't happen in the Soviet Union because we lived in scarcity. So we don't want to give something we don't have for ourselves. Yeah. And Americans, when I came here, that's what they exposed to me, that just that amazing generosity. And I think we're on that very fine place where where they're going to try to make socialism be as appealing as possible. But if you look at 20th century, it's a disaster. Yeah. And I would hate to see this happening in the United States. And, and you know, the two-party system, they keep each other in check, obviously. Yeah, exactly. You know, because uh, exactly. you, you got some of the Bernie Sanders and the like, they want to go more or less pretty far to, into to the left yeah and then you got trump you know wanting to go the yeah other. so it, they kind of keep each other in it, check. it works as long as they want to be united right right now they're divided right divided we cry united we laugh i think the answer is in the compromise it, it is I, but i don't know why more people just refuse to see that it's like it's it's everyone has to be on a team and my team has to just destroy your team because you don't know what the F you're yeah, talking yeah, about so yeah. it's all or nothing and i'm like it's it's not gonna work yeah. we're just wasting a lot of time where we could be getting some decent things done one last question yeah. sorry because i know go. you have to go yeah uh with with language yes. and stuff you can't make fun of anymore <laughs> what do, what do you have to say to america for real because this happened where you're from this is crazy it, and, it, and i yell every opportunity i get it's like you know, you can make some horrific jokes about some crazy horrific topic, but you can also take that topic very seriously. Just because you joke about something doesn't mean they're really encroaching on freedom of speech. It's scary. And and this is one of those things that happens slowly. Yep. And people little by little give up. The, a, a little bit of that right, a little bit of that oh, first commandment, okay, second you know, whatever. And and, and then you know, we don't uh, have the tracks to run on. I'll, I'll give you an example. Like um, I had a show in Branson that I was running uh, and then took it on the road, uh, Make America Laugh Again. Yeah. And the Facebook blocked me, said, you can't do this. No, come on. I swear to you, I'm not joking. Yeah. They said that it's one political, it's, it's not, uh, it's one-sided politically. And I'm going, can you tell me which side it's on? They couldn't, but they said no. Wow. And then we said, well, let's just call it Yakov Svirnov show. Yeah. They said, we can't advertise alcohol. <laughs> so that's where we are. And they have the control and they wouldn't. Very good. So I came up with United Will Laugh. Yeah. Let's see what they come up with yeah. to, to block that. Well, this was a... I don't know. Was it a pleasure? Yeah, I think it, it was. was. Mike, Mike enjoyed no, it. No, I so. enjoyed the podcast, and I know people will enjoy this. But the hotel room was a little weird. And then you, it was. I I don't. Know. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. What do if it any... was just me and you, and I didn't bring Mike? 
it would be pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretty secure, so you don't have to. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe, maybe I gotta look into. Yeah, some. yeah. What's hey, up? Mike, you around today? Podcast with Yako Shmirnov. Creep me out because he wants to meet me in his hotel room. That's oh, exactly what he told no, me. No, he's making that up. Come on. <laughs> I wouldn't write that. All right. I wouldn't write that. I got to go, guys. Thank you so Yakov, much. Thank you. What My do you pleasure. want to promote? Just whatever? The Branson. To yeah, magnet. but you don't really. I still have magnets. On you the, still have magnets and the, the linen napkins. <laughs> yeah. No linen napkins. You probably no. have a whole magnets warehouse. Magnets are still on the table. They didn't go oh. anywhere. Oh, you probably yeah. have a whole warehouse of magnets I, that you're, you're I, trying to get rid yeah. of. Maybe use but the condoms promote, and the magnets. Uh, condoms and, and magnets. magnets. That would be attractive. Think about yeah. that possibility. No, the attraction, yeah. <laughs> Think about attraction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, they can go to my website, right. yakov.com. Okay. And, and yakov.com and social media, you know, definitely. I mean, I, you know, I never wanted to be followed in yeah. the Soviet Union. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm saying, follow me <laughs> on Yakov underscore Smirnov. Okay. And, uh, and so Instagram as well. And uh, that's all it is. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. All right. Uh, all the best to your friend. Thanks so much. Thank you, Steve. And uh, that's it. Yakov Shmirnov, everyone. All right. Yes. We did it. We did it. It happened. I loved it. <laughs> hey, Stevie. Boo, 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 Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>